Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21. Uh, We have a horrendous terrorist attack that just took place on the nation Israel by Hamas. And now we have Israel's retaliation beginning in Gaza, and who knows what's going to happen, but it certainly made the world's headlines. And in response, a horde of so-called Bible prophecy experts are out in force, uh, basically alarming people uh, with predictions using an Old Testament passage from Ezekiel 38. So in this episode, my title is, What Ezekiel, Jesus, and St. John Would Say About the Israel-Gaza War. I'm going to give you a a sampling. Pastor Greg Laurie, who basically hits YouTube almost every time there's a Mideast conflict, he said to his congregation, quote, you're seeing Bible prophecy fulfilled in your lifetime, in real time before your eyes. And he was using Ezekiel 38, and I don't recommend you do this, but I try to keep track about what others are saying about biblical prophecy. And Ezekiel 38, when it comes to Israel and the end times, always comes to the fore. And I'm going to ask you to do something in your Bibles, if you're one that either underlines or puts little notes in your Bible, If you could have in your Bible at Ezekiel 38, take a red marker and write at the top of the page, see Revelation 20. Because it's amazing to me that, well, first of all, the similarity between Ezekiel, these final chapters of Ezekiel, in fact, the whole book of Ezekiel, and chapters 4 through 22 of Revelation they seem to almost follow the same outline. For instance, in Ezekiel 38, you have Gog and Magog attacking Israel. In Revelation 20, towards the end of Revelation, you have Gog and Magog attacking the saints. So it's very similar, somewhat different, but similar. But all of the so-called experts using Ezekiel 38, I have yet to hear them mention Revelation 20, because Revelation 20 talks about the same Gog and Magog that Ezekiel does in chapter 38 of Ezekiel. So again, just write at the top of your Bible on Ezekiel chapter 38, see Revelation 20. And here's one reason why, and it's pretty big. In Ezekiel, it says that Gog and Magog come from the north and will invade Israel. In the Old Testament, the bad guys, the multiple bad guys who attacked Israel over the centuries came from the north. So that's why in Ezekiel 38, at least two times, Ezekiel mentions that Gog and Magog will come from the north. Now, remember that Ezekiel was writing within his worldview, and he basically didn't have the key 
that was actually given to St. Paul that there's a mystery that God was going to bring back together Jew and Gentile, that Christianity wasn't just going to be a Jewish thing, but it was going to be a worldwide thing, Jew and Gentile. And in Revelation 20, this final world conflict, it says this in Revelation 20, Satan will be released from his prison to deceive the nations which are at the four corners of the earth. The four corners of the earth is north, south, east, and west. It means worldwide. And so the Gog and Magog, it says, gather for battle. Their number is like the sand of the sea, and they march up over the broad earth. Whereas in Ezekiel, we have the earliest picture of this, Gog and Magog invading Israel, the people of God. But when you come to Revelation 20, Christ has come, the New Testament revelation is there, and we have a fuller revelation that this isn't just an enemy from the traditional north. No, this enemy is worldwide, and it's going to be attacking the people of God. Now, this is a big oops, because there's people declaring that we either are going to go to war or even that we should go to war with Russia and Iran because one of the countries allied with Gog and Magog is Persia. Iran is the modern-day form of Persia. And so we have people, Christians, who are supposed to be working for peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. We'll be called the children of God and they're advocating war, but through a misinterpretation of Scripture. Because it's not just Russia and Iran, it's a worldwide problem, and it's entirely ignored by the Ezekiel 38 experts. So they frequently jump the gun when it comes to war and conflict in the Middle East. I'm going to try to give you a a, a rough outline, but there are basically three levels of wars in the end times. And where we are today, I'll try to give you at least my understanding, which is fallible, but I first want to give you the infallible word of God. Level one of war, Matthew 24, starting in verse six, says this, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you run out and make a YouTube video and scare the daylights out of Christians. No, Jesus says, see that you are not alarmed. For this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, earthquakes in various places, and all this is but the beginning of sufferings. And when it says the beginning of sufferings, this word sufferings in the original Greek is basically the word birth pangs. Now, I've never given birth, but I do know that as delivery progresses, once you go into labor, the birth pangs become more frequent and in greater intensity. And that's what's going to happen with war. And the wars that have been with us because of our human condition, we can't seem to keep from killing each other individually or nation against nation. They say history is a history of war almost. Well, that's going to intensify 
But Jesus says it's not yet. It's not yet the end because you see wars beginning to intensify. And the same thing with famines and earthquakes. These are but the beginnings of birth pangs. So that was level one, Matthew 24. Level two is from Revelation 6. And Revelation has this growing intensity as well. It starts with seven seals, then it moves to seven trumpets, and then finally seven bowls. And even these three sets of sevens have a lot of similarities. They increase in intensity, and that's what we're talking about. And sometimes the folks jump the gun when we're on a level one, a low level level one, and think this is level three, okay? And that's where sometimes mistakes are made. But level two would be the second seal in the book of Revelation. And it says this, starting in verse three, when he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, come, and another horse, bright red, its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth so that men should slay one another. And he was given a great sword. And when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come. And I saw and behold a black horse and its rider had a balance in his hand. And it seemed to be a voice in the midst of four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius. What that means is that there's inflation with war and that prices of food skyrocket. And when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the fourth living creature say, come. And I saw and behold a pale horse and its rider's name was death and Hades followed him. And they were given power over the a fourth of the earth to kill with sword and with famine and with pestilence and by the wild beast of the earth. A couple of important things here. In verse four, it says this rider on the red horse drawing blood was given a great sword. And this one little adjective in Greek has really bothered me. It says he was given a, a mega, that's the Greek word, a mega sword, a great sword, an unusual sword, a powerful sword. And what is the result of that? We read at the end that the conflict as a result of peace being withdrawn from the earth and war intensified. Remember, we're on level two. This is just level two. A fourth of the earth is killed during this conflict. Now, it's exceedingly dangerous. I shouldn't be doing this. But, you know, I can't help but think that, you know, nuclear war makes such a thing possible. That could be a mega sword. Maybe it's something else. I don't know. But today, with 8 billion people on the world, we're talking about 2 billion people killed in war. It's almost inconceivable, but this is what's being prophesied. And what's 2 billion? That's 2,000 millions of people. And so we have to be very careful what happens because perhaps after level two, we get into such a catastrophic war that somebody looks for a man of peace 
and we turn over our codes to our nuclear weapons and form a world government under the ultimate bad guy, the Antichrist. But then there's level three, and that's Armageddon, Revelation 16, where the sixth angel poured out his bowl and coming out of the mouth of the dragon and the beast, that's the uh, Antichrist, foul spirits like frogs. These are demonic spirits who go abroad to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for battle on the great day of God Almighty. Christians, Christian conservatives, Republicans, not just Democrats, Republicans need to be aware that at some point in history, demonic spirits go forth and deceive the world into engaging in a conflict. And it says, these demonic spirits go forth to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for battle on the great day of God the Almighty. Jesus says, behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is he who is awake. And they assembled them at a place which is called in Hebrew, Armageddon. And that's the level three war, Armageddon. And then during that whole conflict, the second coming of Christ. So you might consider sending this episode to a friend or family member who's interested in how what's going on in the Middle East could be reflective in biblical prophecy and why some might be getting a little ahead of themselves, but we want to be really cautious about where we jump into a war. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 352 of Luke 21. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at luke21.com.